Thousands of athletes worldwide were preparing for what should have been their career highlight. Competitions that they had been training for not just for weeks and months, but in some cases, decades. Dreaming of the prospect of success, winning and gold. Then the pandemic hit. The world stood still and sport with it. Athletes who had trained tirelessly to perform on the world stage were locked down. But for an athlete, it's not as simple as just pushing everything back 12 months, putting their kit in the cupboard and waiting it out. Psychologically, physically, emotionally, everything has to line up before big competitions. And it takes years of work to get to that point. From Red Bull, this is Beyond the Ordinary. I'm Nick Bright, and on this episode of Beyond the Ordinary, we'll hear the inside story of what it's like when sport stops. For the athletes and coaches at the heart of it all. Tying in with the new film One Extraordinary Year, which you can now watch on Red Bull TV, we'll hear the stories behind the last year of sport. If someone would have said to me, neither you would have been doing cleans in a mask and you've been squatting in an apron, I would never have believed them. It is a level playing field. The other competitors are in exactly the same situation as you, so you're not at a disadvantage to them at all. But first, remember, if you want more stories from Beyond the Ordinary, make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So it was my foot, uh, my takeoff foot that I hurt. End of April, and it's it's healing. It's good. Uh, it's good, I think. So when I went to go see a surgeon in April, at the end of April, May time, um, he booked in a three month scan. Uh, so I ha- just had my three month scan. So I'm waiting to hear from him, and I'll have my surgeon consultation to check how the healing and progress. You're listening to the voice of Red Bull heptathlete Neve Emerson. Born and bred in Derbyshire in the north of England, Neve has been a competitor since she was young. In the film One Extraordinary Year, Neve suffers heartbreak in the months leading up to this summer, suffering a foot injury that means she missed out on heading to Tokyo. This latest setback came as part of her longer rehab from a serious injury in 2019 a tear of the patella tendon. It was timing of the foot that really did me. I think being at the end of April just wiped out my whole season. Like the season starts in May, like it just wiped it out. When the COVID-19 outbreak began, many athletes didn't realise the enormity of what was occurring. So it first began, uh, the indoors, world indoors was cancelled and it was in China. So... I was kind of like, that's so strange having a competition cancelled. But it made sense because at present, the the outbreak had only been in China pretty much and the world indoors were in China and also indoors isn't as big a priority as outdoors. So it it was kind of like, oh, that's that's quite bizarre, but also like, oh, makes sense. I never in a million years thought an Olympics would be cancelled, never mind the season. So as competitions got cancelled and postponed it was all a bit like this is strange and then when it came to possibility of cancelling the olympics like i was really shocked because in my eyes like there was no way i wasn't going to make 2020 olympics because i'd been training for it and i've been working so hard and this and this and it was all just going to fall into place All this talk of disruption might conjure up a negative impression. But actually, many athletes were able to focus on the unexpected positives. 
but then as soon as it actually got cancelled, I was kind of like, whoa, this massive pressure just got like completely offloaded. And me looking back at 2019, me, I'm thinking, I don't believe there would have been a way I would have made 2020 Olympics in a healthy way. I would have rushed it and caused even more problems. Interestingly, a lot of athletes didn't perceive the, the pandemic as something negative at first. This is the voice of York Peter Clapel, head of mental performance at Red Bull's Athlete Performance Centre. He works with Red Bull athletes to get them to the top of their game and to keep them there. So he's well placed to comment on this new positive reaction. The, the initial reaction from the athletes that I was talking to was actually a very positive one. Some athletes said to me things like, for the first time in over a decade, I spent more than a month at home, um, which of course to them is something extremely positive. They were able to spend time with their, their families more. They were able to actually be home and relax and, and hang up that piece of furniture that they've wanted to hang up for six years and just little things like that. So they actually enjoyed that, that break from the normal routines that they're in. Although there were many positives, this paradigm shift wasn't without its challenges. Yeah, so the uh, the timeline after a couple of after competitions got cancelled, we the we wasn't allowed to access the high pack. Now, so this was around just before the national. So this was just before the national lockdown when nobody could leave the house, and the high pack was shut. The high pack is the shortened name athletes give to Loughborough University's Sebco High Performance Athletic Centre. And this was a big deal because this place is open 364 days a year. Like you can train in the high pack every day apart from Christmas Day. You can even train on New Year's Day, I think. Like so, and people and, and athletes complain. So like it's really funny. Like if there was if the high pack was ever to be closed on New Year's Day, like people would complain like athletes train all day every day so then when we weren't allowed in the high pack I remember um all the athletes went and we just did a big raid of equipment and just put it all in our car and took all this equipment and and the staff were really stressed because they're like we know we're not going to get any of this back and I still don't think they have but um so not being allowed into the high pack to train was a really bizarre moment because like it's it's like with you know people that are working from home right now so quite a few people can work from home with laptops and stuff yeah it's not the same as going to an office but like the jobs then of the people who genuinely can't work at home like your nurses and your doctors and like obviously I wouldn't compare myself to a nurse or a doctor but like we need a track and we need a gym and we need weights and we need like alter g we need physio we need all this equipment so like it's not essential work, obviously, but when I'm we're trying to prepare for an Olympics, it's so difficult to train from home. Like I was fortunate enough to live um, within walking distance of like a golf course type thing, um, so I did a lot of grass work. Um, but gym wise, I was fortunate enough to have things sent from Red Bull, so they I got uh, dumbbells, and it, it helped a lot, and it meant I got through. But yeah it's it's really it was demotivating as well i think it was really hard when you have nothing you i have 12 hours of this whole day to fit my training session in so you wake up you watch game of thrones you do a bit i've got no competitions i've got no deadlines i've got nothing 
So it's like, oh, I'll train in the evening. It comes to the evening. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go do my training. But it, it's, it was bizarre, as I can imagine, for everybody, really. And as we moved on throughout the year, it just it became a little bit more challenging because athletes were becoming a little bit more impatient with competitions first just being postponed by a number of a couple of months. And then suddenly those tournaments were completely cancelled. And then it was just that uncertainty of when are we actually ever going to have a competition again? And then a new challenge came in where suddenly competitions were brought back and they were brought back at sort of last minute notice. So organizers suddenly said, all right, in two weeks, we're going to do this event in France. And the athletes suddenly had to organize themselves, somehow get to France, prepare themselves. So it threw up a lot of challenges to them. When Neve did return to training in autumn 2020, things were not the same as they once were. There was a lot of rules and regulations around use and we only had certain hours, certain times. We had at some points we had to wear masks while we were lifting and we had to wear aprons and gloves and like and and these things are, are what you have to do to train obviously and we're really grateful for the access of the facilities at this point because a lot of people weren't working at this point and I was allowed to go and train and it's and so it was great opportunity but it was also just a bit it was just mad having to like clean and stuff with gloves on like I need chalk on my hands and I couldn't do it and you have masks on and you're and you're like trying to breathe and it was crazy when you think about it I mean restrictions have eased a lot now and and obviously but in September it was um it was crazy the competitions were not the same they they didn't run the way that they usually run so practice sessions were cut short um you weren't able to arrive at the venue five days before like you normally would. Um, you didn't have your usual support network around you. So um, when you usually, usually some athletes might bring a physio and nutritionist, an SNC coach and a sports psychologist. Now they were able to bring maybe just one of them. This might sound negative, but it really isn't. York explains that there is a lot of hope and positive opportunity in this change. The way the competitions work changed a lot. But on the other hand, you just have to still trust in your in your abilities. You try, have to trust in your experiences from, from, from previous um, competitions and realize that actually the, the essence of the competition hasn't changed. And also realizing that um, it is a level playing field. The other competitors are in exactly the same situation as you. So um, you're not at a disadvantage to them at all. I think it is frustrating, but I think it's a shared frustration among everybody. I think it was just good that we can still train, but it's just it's just bizarre. Like I think everybody would feel like this, that when you think back to yourself in 2019 pre-COVID, if someone would have said to me, Neve, you would have been doing cleans in a mask and you've been even squatting in an apron, I would never have believed them. That's ridiculous. No, but you do. And it's just so biz- Like We just adapt so quickly to things and things just move on and become normal. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's weird. So how does an athlete adapt to this changing environment? York explains his process in working with athletes. One thing I always explain to the athlete is that there, you have three different 
categories. So you have the controllables, of course, the things that you actively control yourself. I can control my own movements to some extent. I can control my own thoughts, my own emotions. Um, so those are really the things that I can control myself. And then on the other side of the spectrum, of course, you have the, the uncontrollables. I can't control the weather at all. I can't control um, some of the decisions being made by the Federation and so on. But something that people miss out, in my opinion, is the, the, the bit in the middle, which is the things that I can influence. Um, and even though I might not be able to control my competitors, for example, I, it's also not true that they are uncontrollable. I can influence them. I can, through my own actions, I can influence the actions of my competitors. So just as an example, if, if there was a last minute change at a competition and the, the venue has changed from, from one day to the next or the competition changed from being in the morning to the afternoon, then I can't control that, but I can control my own actions. And through my own actions, I can influence my competitors. So if I'm showing some some strength if i'm showing that i am completely in control of the situation right now and i'm feeling confident i'm feeling i'm feeling very positive and i'm walking around with you know my head up high and i'm smiling and i'm i'm happy to be there and i feel strong then that's of course going to influence my competitors so that's kind of that's that's one thing in that spectrum of controllables and uncontrollables that um, that athletes should be aware about as well I think because you have no choice and the thing was, it wasn't just in athletics, it was everybody's life is now uncontrollable. Like we, nobody can control anything to do with what the government are doing. So A, it's just acceptance, like tough, that's how it is. B, I still was able to control a lot of my training so even though I couldn't control what competitions I would do or and whether our tra to training camp when I went to Dubai in the um, documentary that was I was almost certain that was going to get cancelled. That documentary that Neve mentions is One Extraordinary Year, which focuses on Neve and a host of other athletes in a similar position, adapting to the new normal. You can catch it on Red Bull TV. I was almost certain that was going to get cancelled and I was almost and I, so in my head I did not think I was going until I was on that plane which is crazy normally you plan training camps a year in advance okay we're going to do this training camp this competition this is going to prepare us for this so then I, I, to be honest my personality I am very um last minute so it didn't phase me because I I I just yeah, I just, I really do just go with the flow. I, I would never, I'm not the type of person that that plans or, or like would write a list if I went shopping. That would never be me. So I, I did, I think my personality played to it. I, I just I just roll and I just see what happens. Um, I know other people found it quite hard, definitely. It's all about um, contingency plans. So when before you used to be able to plan exactly what was going to happen and you used to be able to plan out exactly your whole weekend of the competition now it was a, it was always coupled with a lot more uncertainty so um you had to be prepared for last minute changes and that's where i had to prepare the athlete uh, for the unexpected so 
you know, the things will not be the way that you plan it out to be right now. But if something happened la happens last minute, what will you do? Um, and what are the things that you can still control? And what are the things that you just won't be able to control? So um, just it's a completely different um, perspective on the situation and trying to have a have a more flexible mindset. I personally just think that we we had our training went on like no matter as soon as we was we were gained allowed access to the hypac in september it was like you can train so just make the most of it and it was kind of this whole crack on and we just in our head the olympics was happening this competition was happening we're going to this that, that there was no way it wasn't happening so that's everyone just had to and then if it was cancelled we'd deal with it when it was cancelled I think that's how everyone approached it. That's how I approached it anyway. Neve ended up having a whirlwind year. As if temporarily heading to Dubai wasn't enough, she also changed her entire setup. So September, been training at the high pack. Um, September, October, November, uh, December. Then uh, we go to Dubai January the 2nd. Go for t three weeks. So go to Dubai for three weeks. Um, I am really unfortunate and tear my hamstring. I think day five of Dubai so I spend the next two weeks just rehabbing and like angry <laughs> and just sad but I it's I know but it's fine like I was in Dubai and I made the most of the training facility like it was incredible like I was on the game ready uh, you'll see in the in the documentary I sat on that for hours and I still trained I still had all gym access and I, I went in the pools and the bike it was just so frustrating because obviously I went to Dubai to train and then came back from Dubai kind of reevaluated a lot of things obviously upset that I tore my hamstring and just upset about and I just didn't necessarily believe my direction of path anymore. I didn't, I couldn't buy into the process. It was uh, early February. I moved to Sheffield, had two and a half months of training, three months. Really, really different to what I was doing before. A completely different, like, process. Like, I had gone from physio every single day, pretty much, like, as a prep for training, to then and like and, and really tightly controlled load and like really to then go to Sheffield and have um my coach just say okay go for a jog I'm like oh what, what go for a jog do I, do I not need to stretch off it no go for a jog I'm like okay so I, and, and it sounds so daft like to, to people listening they're probably like what but like it was all just it, it was crazy and then I, I moved to Sheffield start training there really enjoy it new like I've got um new friends new training group new location and then have two months of training and then get a stress response fract stress fracture in my right foot which is really frustrating because I basically just go to training one day and I remember it vividly. So I had a couple of signs of like little feet ache, but I, I, I don't really register them and I don't really think about them because it was minor. And then I go to the track and was doing a time trial um, and my training had been going really well. I was super excited and I just, my foot is really sore. Like I can't jump on it. I can't walk, I can't jump on it. And I was like, oh, this is not good. 
And I'm just like, you know what? It can't be anything because this is, it just can't be. I've had too much bad luck. This just can't be a thing. And that's me as a person as well. Like I'll just, I'm just like, oh, it just, it just can't be. So I go do my rep and the whole way running down the back straight of my rep, my foot is just killing. And I'm like, I finished my rep and I'm like, I've got a stress fracture. I knew it. I knew it. The second I stopped my rep and my coach was like, oh, you might be fine. Walk, just walk. You'll be fine. Just we'll, we'll, we'll get a scan. And I was like, nope, it's done. I knew it because I know what it feels like. And I know it was horrendous. And I was like, it's over. Literally in, I don't know how long it took me to do the rep. Like, I don't know, 17 seconds, whatever. It was done. So I'm all fine now. But like, when I think about it, I'm like, that was horrendous. <laughs> that was such a bad year. It was so bad. Planning for future events, including 2024, has already begun. Neve is already thinking of the near future. For all of the change and the decisions I had to make, and it's like really tough decisions to make at my age because I'm trying to plan for 2024 because that is my ultimate goal. Like 2020 was never the, it was something I really wanted to go to, but it was never the ultimate goal. 2024 so so whatever I was doing now had to be for 24 and it was really hard to make that decision and I tried and I had had advice from people and stuff but a lot of people were telling me to do different things than I actually did and were also telling me and it's really hard to kind of make that decision. So what's next for me is literally complete my training, com complete my rehab is what's next for me, complete my rehab. And then as of September, that's it. I will hopefully be Neve 4.0 <laughs> at this point. I don't believe I've ever had the opportunity in a few years now to just start from scratch, completely healthy and just build. I've always been just finishing off something or just carrying it over or just in and then it dragging on. So just completely start again. And I'm really excited to do that, I think, because it's just a nice fresh start, but then also take everything that I've already learned. Um, that's me. And then next year, I'm super, super focused for next year because I'll have um, the work. So my goal is to go to the world champs in Oregon 2022 so we'll have the world champs then come back and we've got a home Commonwealth Games in Birmingham so hopefully do the world champs and the Commonwealth Games uh, both heptathlon which I think uh, that'll be incredible I'll then have the Euro Europeans uh, later that year which I'm not sure whether I'll be able to do three heptathlons I might be dead it'll be super super hard I'll be super tired so but or maybe do world Europeans I, I don't know but I have three three um, competitions to aim for um, next year yeah but it's, it's and then you've got it's crazy because after that you've got 2023 world champs and then it's the Olympics again so it's crazy and as athletes like it, to other people it might think oh 2024 is so long away but it's not like we, we, we plan for 2024 now it's it's, it's interesting because I think back and I think back to the times in lockdown where I could run and I was running and I, and I were training and I have like I, I mean I put together a solid two months uh, before my foot so 
it's it's just yeah it's just all unfortunate timing but we you know we move so it's fine I have this weird feeling and like of just literally trust the process because I'm doing like step ups now and I'm doing certain exercises now and I'm so much better and I can do things now that I never could do a year ago. Like different strength things and that and it's like in this new training setup I have and this new um, coach and obviously new physios and stuff and I, I, I it's all very different and I still believe at this point I'm like me 4.0 instead of 2.0 <laughs> and I am a complete so I remember saying to myself in 2020 or 2021 when I came to training in September I was like I am such a different athlete than I was in 2020 like this is crazy like post knee and everything and now I'm like god I'm, I'm so much better than that so it's like it's this weird concept but then of not being able to run and actually get better so it, it's it's really it's a really weird little mini battle I'm having with myself you see how resilient you are and how much better it success is when you've had such adversity Neve's story really drives home that no matter where you are or who you are all of our lives have been changed in ways we could have never imagined. But despite all the upheaval, there are many positives to focus on too. It wasn't to be for Neve in 2021, but like Neve, we can all look forward to a brighter future and be grateful for what we learned from this experience. Neve was just one of the athletes who shared their experience of last year within the film One Extraordinary Year. So check it out on Red Bull TV if you want to hear more. And remember, you can hear more extraordinary stories in other Beyond the Ordinary episodes wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>